Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Cornelius Price was a violent man and when he started committing murders and getting involved in feuds he became far more prominent in the media. Like yeah. We talk about the Kinnan cartel and people like that, I mean they're not going around chopping up mm. pregnant women. I'm Nicola Talent and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. He was a terrifying gangland mob boss who ran his empire from a gated compound in County Meath, where he's alleged to have held slaves and forced them to do his bidding. Amongst a litany of terrible crimes, he is suspected of murdering a young man and his pregnant girlfriend, then cremating their bodies and directing a campaign of intimidation on their grieving families. When he made a smug selfie video to celebrate the murder of gangland hardman Robbie Lawler, Cornelius Price almost claimed the murder as his own. But the tables would turn on the 41-year-old, and this week he died in a Welsh hospital after suffering a catastrophic brain illness. Today, I'm talking with Niall Donald about the claims that Price became a born-again Christian before he died, about denials from the model Katie Price that they were related, and about the hell-raising career of one of Ireland's most feared killers. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Katie Price, we're back again. We're back again to Katie Price. Who, who would have thought it? Yeah. So why were we talking about her the other day? Because you and Eamon immediately knew who I was referring to when I said something about a model. Yes. Well, Katie Price. What were I, we talking about? I can't even remember. Isn't that really bad? I myself. But Katie Price... Um, the reason I just mentioned Katie Price again was that I remember um, there was a there was a number of stories gone on that Cordelius Price, who passed away this week, that he was a relative of Katie Price, um, and she was she was asked about it, or a representative was asked about it, and she formally denied it on really? the record to one of the Irish newspapers. Yeah, how strange! How strange! What a strange that connection. connection that came up. Now, but having said that, they both have a similar background. Yeah, but they're both from a Romany background. Um, obviously, Price has been referred to as an Irish traveller quite a lot at times. 
Um, he obviously had deep connections with some members of the, the Irish travelling community, but he was of a Romani background, which uh, obviously the, the, the travelling community, the Irish travelling community and, and the Romani uh, community are often mixed in together in terms of campaigns mm. and and representative. But he was this, he was of a slightly different background. Uh, Cornelius Price, um, Cornelius Price obviously passed away on on Sunday uh, in a Welsh hospital after spending uh, he'd been in a coma since two thousand and twenty one. Um, Cornelius Price was probably one of it's fair to say one of the most notorious gangland criminals in Ireland one of the major the leaders of one of the major drug trafficking gangs and uh, not uh, a very very dangerous person like incredibly and prominent as for 10 years for on on the radar of the both the Guardi and and the Irish media um for a period of time of course he wasn't named and then when he was eventually when he had convictions but he kind of came um from nowhere there around 2013 we know very little about his actual background his childhood he has this had this accent rather that would sort of suggest a mix of that Irish Rochdale yeah I mean he'd obviously after after fleeing Ireland he, he was living in Rochdale um, he seems to have and had deep connections back there so had obviously sort of come from there or had always had either relatives or or yeah, and he he obviously bought property in Ireland in the two thousands, a, a big property in Gormanstown, um, and so he he spent most of his adult life in Ireland, one way or another. Um, I think uh, he had moved between the countries quite a lot. Yeah, he, sh- he came to prominence for a number of reasons. Uh, the first being that at a certain point in time in the two thousands, towards the late two thousands, he headed up a a. a, a drug trafficking gang really that forged connections in Dublin uh, in the, from the north side some of the, the people that are associated with Mr Big I suppose as he's a drug trafficker based in North Dublin that, that, that we've spoken about before Cornelius Price and ultimately what became known as the Maguire Organised Crime Gang started to dominate parts of Leinster Mead, Loud they became the, the major drug suppliers in that area that became a sort of a boom time area, if if you want, and they started making a huge amount of money, uh, spreading up to sort of the northern part of Leinster. Um, they they also then, I suppose, came to the media's attention. You know, drug trafficking gangs can go under the radar, I suppose, for a long time if they are solely focused on making money, and you know maybe aren't aren't uh, getting involved in violence. But the Cornelius Price was a violent man, mm. and when he started committing murders and getting involved in feuds, he became far more prominent in the media. And of course, you talk about that being a boom time because the concentration of that violence would subsequently focus in on Drogheda, that town, which, as I suppose, the Irish property market became more and more expensive to buy somewhere, especially in Dublin. You had a huge amount of young workers moving up towards Drogheda, where they could afford houses, and it was a great commuter town because it's actually not that far from Dublin. And the population of Drogheda, now I'll be corrected, yeah. but I think it it surged to about 100,000. Yeah, I, I mean, mean that's the size of Limerick. Yeah, it's the greater Drogheda area, I suppose, rather than the actual town itself. 
so you had younger people moving up there and in, in the working two, people yeah, with money in the, yeah and in the in the 90s and the 2000s and then they had children and so there was a, a youngish population um there was a boom in drugs across rural ireland uh, so all okay, of cocaine again really is what funded these guys it, really it, let's be you know straight about it and the demand for it the demand for it and also the, the spread of it into parts of ireland parts of more rural rural parts of ireland and mm. particularly the towns ac- across ireland like it's no it wasn't there in the ni- maybe in the in the early 90s drugs recreational drugs weren't a feature in, in most towns in ireland but certainly became a massive feature so there was a a network a gang network mm. there uh, between the Maguire gang and Cornelius Price and his associates that supplied these, that were able to supply, that had the connections, that were able to get these drugs, wholesale these drugs, and also had access to to organised crime groups in the UK as well as in Dublin. And traditionally you see a lot of the, the traveller crime gangs, be they Irish traveller or UK traveller crime gangs, they tend to have roles in supplying and, and getting goods, firearms, etc. We often see raids on, um, you know, in, in there was other gangs out on the north side of Dublin, traveller gangs that were linked in with Mr. Biggs mob and with others. And the raids would nearly always kind of bring up a load of weaponry brought in through the UK. Um, I suppose generally because of their transient nature, they're moving about, it's easier for them to store uh, that sort of... Uh, um, products and drugs and um, they can also move it about between sites in the UK and in Ireland. Am I allowed to be a li- little bit political now? Go on. Well, of course, like there, there, there's crime in all communities. There's crime yeah. in the travelling community um, and that some of that is the, the, the you know, there, there is a network of crime, a subculture within the travelling community. Like, obviously... That's not to say that it's yeah. any more prominent. I mean, most of the crime in Ireland is caused by non-travellers. Yeah. There's no statistically inevitable. But there is certain subcultures within that and certainly the connections and the movement of people across Ireland and, and the UK is a part of that feature. And it's something that uh, Cornelius Price preyed on. And of course, m- a lot of his, the people that suffered at his hands were the Irish travelling community even more than, mm. than others. Uh, a lot of his victims, a lot of the people that were attacked and brutalised were members of the travelling community in Ireland. So I suppose that's that's the background of him. Um, but he his his first the the first murder as such that he was believed to have been involved in or the suspect of was Benny Whitehouse. And that was to do with a kind of a power struggle over the supply of weapons and drugs to gangs. Yeah, I mean Benny Whitehouse was, was based in kind of the northern part of County Dublin. Um so it was 2014 he was shot dead there in the run-up to that there'd been a number of uh violent incidents um and there was a lot of violence in the aftermath as well a lot of tit-for-tat violence between associates of uh, benny whitehouse and associates of cornelius price but that's really when he started to feature in the newspapers cornelius price yeah big time because like from from memory at the time, like Benny Whitehouse was a significant character, and there was a bit of shock that anybody would dream of taking him on. Yeah, and, and out, and also in the manner the manner in which he was killed, you know, was particularly horrific. And um, yeah, there'd been there'd been a lot of a lot of uh, 
there was a lot of build up to it um, and it really was a, a play for power I think mm. by Cornelius Price and he did start to dominate that part of North, North County Dublin then into the border into Mead and Loud so all of that area became a hugely lucrative uh, base for him to 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 sell drugs and that really shot him into the big time I think now in 2015 he was under investigation and he was on bail um, but he was looking to get back to his compound in Gormanston and yeah. County Meath where he felt safest and always that co- that compound was described as literally a fortress because there was only one way in a very small little roadway in and on it was and we remember doing the aerial shots of it before I suppose we started using drones but um, at the time you could look down and you could see there were a number of um, mobile homes you know there could have been it was a large compound there could have been you know 15 or 20 of these mobile homes surrounding it and then there was difficult place to search difficult place for the cops yeah, to and raid I think there was electri- electronic gates going in and out yeah it was difficult for them to know whether uh, whether Cornelius Price was there or not and also for him it was very safe because you know what sort of you'd have to send an army in to get him because he was always sort of surrounded by associates and probably had weaponry to hand and all the rest of it but he did feel safest there so he in, in the January of 2015 he seemed to have sort of faked an attempted murder attack on himself so as he could go back yeah, there yeah because his bail uh, his bail conditions he wanted his bail conditions varied so he'd go back to Gormanstown so he, he seems to have faked an attempt on his life which is bizarre but it, I suppose it shows you that this is the type of personality you were dealing with it was somebody who as you, as you would see him taunting people on social media it was somebody who thought he was clever than mm. the cops and his rivals and uh, but he absolutely didn't care about ordered society no. or the law he really didn't didn't and he he was on bail and just back in that compound when of course the most notorious um murders connected to him and really horrific those of Willie uh, Mom and Anna Verslav, um, they were based up on that compound, and the story goes and that that they that that um, Willie Mom was privy to some details of the Benny Whitehouse murder. He knew basically that it was Cornelius Price who had carried it out and who had organised it. Um, and obviously he was looking to pull away from that compound. They were looking to set up a family home themselves. They were expecting a baby. She was a girl from Eastern Europe, a young girl, and Willie Mom's family were hoping that they would, you know, basically set up a home together and, you know, enjoy a family life. But unfortunately, um, they never left that compound. No. So I think what we hear about what was going on in the compound was that people were being invited in to stay there um, you know they could be considered vulnerable people in part um, some of them have been convicted and they've been described in court as gophers who were living there and basically Cornelius Price was bringing in these people who maybe had debts or who maybe were addiction problems putting them in uh, mobile homes on the site bullying them mm. forcing them to commit crimes um, you know 
almost like a working them like slaves almost almost like slaves mm. and these people were people maybe and I'm not actually speaking about that couple but other people that maybe had addiction problems he'd feed them a bit of drugs get them to store weapons bring drugs around like quite kind of sinister stuff you know beyond the normal you know obviously he's a criminal committing murders so but this was kind of a, mm. a sort of uh, having people in there almost as slave labor and probably crimes. and then playing with people really playing with people and then obviously the the in order to keep them quiet because vulnerable people are in risk of speaking uh, which has been shown again and again he would have had to commit violence on see him commit violence on people in order to put to scare people so he seems to have tormented uh, uh, Willie Vaughan and ultimately, you know, we'll never know. Obviously, no bodies have ever been found. The compound has been searched a number of times. Willie Mon's family have spoken about how they believe, obviously, he is dead, but they haven't been able to get that uh, uh, closure. Yeah, there is a story, obviously, a horrific story that they were um, both murdered um, and Cornelius Price was either present or carried out those murders and that their remains were burned, yeah. cremated on the compound. Um, so to me, it sounds like, I mean, people talk about Cornelius and we're freer, of course, now to talk about him because he has passed away. But um, like people constantly talk about and use words like evil and psychopath and all the rest of it. Like, was he really genuinely worried that Willie Mom? Uh, and his girlfriend Anna were going to go to police and give them the details that would have see him jailed for life for the murder of Benny Whitehouse or was he somebody who up in that weird compound in the dark of night with fires going carried out violence for fun well we I mean we can't know uh, there is I suppose a point to that type of violence in that it puts the fear in everybody else also remember Willie Mon, even after he was killed, Cornelius Price was ordering uh, the Mon family to be tormented by his, the by grave his foot and shoulders. Everything. Yeah, graves smashed up. So like So he had a kind of he obviously had some personal gripe with well, Willie there's Mon. There's a motive I think for, for putting fear in people mm. because you're getting people to commit crimes for you and you put the fear in them that if anything goes wrong that their lives are gonna be in danger. So that's the point of it. But there has to be you know, to kill a pregnant woman. Yeah. I mean, how how I mean, uncommon seriously. is that? Yeah. You know, like yeah. we talk about the Kinning cartel and people like that. I mean, they're not going around chopping up in a mm. pregnant women. You know, um, this is a whole other level of sort of like quite savage. And you also know? that kind of way of you know, I'll kill you and your family will never get your bodies back yeah. is that same sense of that cruelty of the disappeared by the IRA, yeah. that, that fear that they, um, you know, put into entire communities, that yeah. thoughts that you were going to be killed and your family were going to be tormented for the rest of their days. Yeah, yeah. and never let, and it'll never be let go or normal. And never given peace. <coughs> and also, I think there's, a you know, some people are very deeply spiritual and religious and, and that sense of, you know, burial and finality and, and that sense of that Christian burial is really important in some cultures. Yes. And of course, remember, the Mon family have been really courageous and continued to speak yeah, about have. Cornelius Price. I mean, that is not an easy road that they've taken, but mm. it's been a courageous road in, in, in the sense that it is very, very hard for ordinary people to speak up. Um, 
And there was his brother's grave that was dug up at Bornebrina Cemetery yeah. in the August of 2016. But it hasn't su- silenced him in fairness. The, the parents of No, William they've been very brave to yeah. speak out about him because he's one. he was one scary yeah. guy. Like, I mean, there's no question about it. Um, he was in prison along with Robbie Lawler, who became his arch rival. And um, Price was in prison because he had driven at speed at a Garda. And I think he got about three years now while he was off the streets. An individual like that who's so dangerous and so feared, getting him off the streets, even for a short sentence, can actually be a very useful tool to Gardaí because it gives everybody a break when they're off the streets. But unfortunately, uh, Price took his war into the prison system because him and Owen Maguire had joined forces. Maguire had been shot and survived at this Drogheda feud, this fight ultimately for control of Drogheda had kicked off and while he was in the system Robbie Lawler was he was targeting Robbie Lawler yeah. now Richie Carberry, Robbie Lawler's brother-in-law as we know was killed in the 2019 and Cornelius Price came out of the prison system just before Robbie Lawler and I think everybody Gardy working the area there was bulletins put out this really was a bad bad situation with the two of them free yeah and of course when Cornelius Price uh, got out of prison the Drogheda feud which up until then had actually had a series of non-fatal but very serious shootings um, almost within a short space of time uh, Keith Brannigan was shot dead in, in, in the Drogheda area Keith Brannigan had been uh, an associate of the anti-Maguire faction but wasn't, was regarded as a soft target mm. he'd known those people he wasn't a criminal of a serious nature he'd been pally with these the anti-Maguire faction and he was shot dead and that was I think linked to, to Cornelius Price and maybe using some of his connections I mean some mm. of the people who are suspected of carrying out that murder are from uh, the North Dublin area um, and wouldn't have been uh, and it would have been come to believe that Cornelius Price had a role in that if not certainly not a direct role so it was in that in the aftermath of these things and the murder of uh, Richard Carberry um, the, the, the the murder of Keen Mulready Woods took place mm. Robbie Lawler obviously is the man who is believed to have killed Keen Mulready Named Woods, in who was, yeah, mm. who was a teenager at the time. Um, he obviously had help from some people, including Paul Crosby, who's now serving a sentence for that murder. So what what we hear, and it's written by Ken Foy, details some of it today in in um, in for for the Sunday World and for the Irish Independent, how Robbie Lawler, um, when he had uh, chopped up Keen Mulready's body he attempted to bring the head up to Cornelius Price's compound he was going to leave it at the gated door now he eventually pulled out of that because there was believed to be police on the scene but Ken describes how he was you know that's that's what they believe was about to happen and all of that was like like Cornelius Price Robbie Lawler was somebody that had that psychopathic edge and this was a, a an attempt to show whatever you can do, I can do, I can do something better, even yeah. more horrific mm. and 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 scary. And that was what was so dangerous about that feud. Those those couple of people involved that were 
yeah. genuinely unhinged, I think, and capable of that kind of extreme violence that isn't even common in, in gangland. And from memory, uh, Price had been protecting Owen Maguire, the word was, when Owen Maguire had spent a long period of time in hospital after he was shot. Uh, he wouldn't leave hospital, actually, because he knew he was secure there. And obviously, the hospital staff were feeling very not secure with, yeah. with him there in case somebody came to finish him off. But um, he eventually did leave the hospital and the word was that he was brought up to uh, Price's compound yeah. for protection. Yeah. Um, so I suppose in Robbie Lawler doing what he was doing, he was leaving that head of yeah. Ian Mulready Woods for both of them, his yeah. two arch rivals, to show them what he could do. Now, Robbie Lawler subsequently went to hiding in um, the north in Belfast and Price moved to Rochdale which we think he was doing all the time anyway whenever a bit of heat came on him or whenever there was a little bit of you know I don't think he probably is an individual who could have felt fear but certainly he could have felt self-preservation and knew it was safer to get out of um, the Gormanstown area at times but he was in Rochdale and Robbie Lawler was in in Belfast and Robbie Lawler of course was shot dead in April 2020 in Ardoin housing estate Um, now in the immediate aftermath of that there was quite a lot of activity on social media and in particular Cornelius Price posted a very um, sinister video yeah I mean he put it's um, put a video of him having a drink I think it's fair to say to celebrate the death of Robbie Lawler though he 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 couched his words quite carefully and said cheers to Robbie Lawler rest in peace (laughs) And then suggested maybe he wouldn't be resting in peace. Mm. Um, so look, I mean that's put out there to to show. It's again a kind of a uh, laying know, down a marker that I did this. It's you peacocking know. though as yeah. well, you know what I mean. That yeah. and and also a sign of just how little regard he has for any authorities or law. Or they yeah. just they operate just on a completely different plane, a different world. But four months after that, um, he and then Limerick criminal Gerard Dundon and others were caught in the middle of this kidnap attempt and uh, that was a kind of a finally you know you felt finally Cornelius Price had been caught hands on doing something very serious or so it looked and he was um, obviously had been under surveillance by Staffordshire police when he'd done it obviously his links to Gerard Dundon at the time were very significant because of what had gone on in during the murder of Robbie Lawler, it showed a seriously kind of it, it just showed the, this double cross, which we won't go into because that's very no. complex. Um, but Price was jailed along with others and he was facing charges in relation to the kidnap when 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 bizarrely, because this just doesn't happen to very many of these guys, he became ill and uh, very ill, terminally ill. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't know the full background and the medical details of what exactly led to this, uh, him falling into a coma. Um, there was talk of, you know, maybe addiction issues, drugs, but who knows? All we know is that from from late to 2021, uh, he went into a coma. He never recovered, never seemed to have gained consciousness as far as we know, and spent the rest of his life in a Welsh hospital until um until this weekend there was as far as we know that his family came over it seemed to have known that that his 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 time had arrived um 
And he was never expected to recover from this because I remember speaking to Ken Foy at the very beginning, at the very offset of it, and the illness that. Uh, uh, and it was the guardie, of course, had been informed of this, but the illness that he he was diagnosed with was a terminal one. He wasn't ever expected to wake up from this coma, and he was just going to remain on life support, I yeah. suppose, until things change for him. Um, but yes, it's called limbic encephalitis, um, yeah. and he had that since October 2021, with little hope of recovery. So that kidnap trial went ahead and uh, a number of people were uh, found not guilty. Jared uh, Dundon was found guilty in relation to his role in it. And that's only been in the last couple of weeks. But of course, this weekend, price passes away. Now, I was asking you before we came on, was there any social media activity around this and what were people saying? I know certainly the Mom family have come out and they have... Um, released videos and they are of course I'm sure they have mixed emotions about it in one way I mean this is a very evil individual who's brought nothing but heartache to them who's murdered and uh, hidden the body of their son and his girlfriend and who's left them basically with a lifetime of questions and no closure to that um, but at the same time he's sort of taking with him to his grave what he knows takes with him what he knows and they're yeah it's they don't get to hear what happened in a court case which can be yeah you know cathartic for some families i suppose um even though it's a difficult process yeah so i mean it's and if there's any remains obviously he ain't gonna i mean i'm sure no matter what you still think you know if he wakes up from this if he's had this big brush with death himself maybe he'll change and yeah, give that up but I think anybody yeah, who knows so him wouldn't have thought No but there was there was interesting uh, you know there's always debates on social media about these these yeah. guys Nelly Boy as he's called as he was known Nelly Boy Nelly Boy as he was known Cornelius uh, Nelly Cor- Yeah but that's what he was known yeah. and, and genuinely known as that um, but there was obviously he seems some of his uh extended family and supporters have put up a lot actually in the last couple of days about how he was a he he, uh, became a born again Christian as he lay dying and that his sins were forgiven through sort of uh, by an evangelical preacher Um, there was a good bit of that stuff actually so sorry he was in a coma and non-conscious but he had become a born again Christian well in that state well yeah do you know a lot about evangelical Christianity? I I have to admit that I don't, but that seems to be a lot of what's gone up. Whether he he, you know, and that's There's a lot of preaching and shouting involved in in some of it. Yes, I have to say. yes. Um, so, but look, they've obviously he's had this conversion while yes, in a coma. Yes, yes. Um, I I said I said to you earlier there. There's a lot of kind of certain cultures that are very spiritual and yes. uh, religious, even though there's a disconnect with certain activities and then you know what yeah, well, I suppose, religious should uh, be but uh, Jesus Christ did say bring the sinners onto me and all that so he was certainly a sinner And I'll uh, just read you out a couple of the quotes you took from Facebook about yeah. in relation to him and these are the his obviously his fans uh, RIP to a legend that no man in this world would fill his shoes he was a brother I never had always had my back the man is a legend and has gone as a legend until we meet again I love you what are my heart my heart is broken over you and I'll see you again you are a king in my eyes yeah yeah well look 
each to their own, eh? Each um, and obviously there's a lot of um, people who have the exact opposite to say. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Ma- the Mon family and people that that would have known Willie Mon, they're, you know, maybe from s- they're leaving a very different perspective yeah. about the heartache that. that and it seems caused. to me that he wasn't liked in pretty much most communities. No, no I don't think. What, he, I don't think there your was, background. I don't think there's a lot of uh, illusions about what he was. He was one of those one of these guys who rise quickly to the top in in. in organized crime through more brutality than brains I think um, maybe not dissimilar to the Dundons that we spoke about last week they use fear, intimidation and violence uh, to really get their way they are maybe a slightly different breed than some of the other criminals who really want to make money and stay out of, out of the limelight these guys embrace some parts of the limelight and social media and it's true fear that they that they rise to the top and I mean, that's a feature in uh, but it tends to be these are short-lived criminal lives obviously uh, Cornelius Price died of medical complications but these are the guys that don't last one way or another mm. Do you think some people are born bad? I don't necessarily think that um, I don't I don't think that they are, but I think there's some people that by the by a certain age you can see that these people are very very dangerous, and mm. I think there's some damage is caused to these people to make them like that. I don't think they're born bad. Mm. I don't know how if that could be, uh, you know, if 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 you catch these people as teenagers, can it be arrested or is there another route that they could be gone down? But I do think that people like Cornelius Price they spread a lot of misery like we've spoken obviously about the murders and they leave a a, a never-ending heartbreak but there was a lot of that that gang a lot of what they did was kind of a low-level intimidation around drug deaths uh, using extreme violence and it was very very destructive and damaging to a lot of people so you're talking about the ripple effects of somebody like that you're not just talking about four maybe five murders, you're talking about hundreds and hundreds of people whose lives have been negatively affected directly by his, by his actions. And what about, I mean, we only spoke last week or the week before about Paul Crosby, who was once part of that gang and who was so badly treated within it and bullied. And, you know, even yeah. though he was an underling there, he was obviously a young, vulnerable boy at one point in his life and was brought into that gang and was treated in such a way that you know, you can't possibly say that it didn't have anything to do with what he no. went on to do. No, I think there's a, a, a cycles of brutality. We don't know, as you said, there. we don't know what happened to Cornelius Price uh, mm. as a young man himself, but he certainly, uh, you know, he certainly created, a m- personally could be accused of creating a violent circumstances in, in, a, in communities that didn't maybe have that tradition. Mm. You know, maybe though as well, um, while I would say the majority of people are moulded by their upbringings and, you know, what happens to them, I think some people can be just, you know, a bad egg. I do think that exists. Yeah, it's it's an age-old debate of nature versus nurture, mm. isn't it? And mm. uh, possibly won't be solved on crime world. It might, though. It might. It might. <laughs>
Yeah. Anyway, look. No, he was, but it is. He was a buddy. He was a big buddy. Yeah. I mean, look. And no matter it's what. It's quite extraordinary. I I think just to to see a guy like that with that kind of a career die from essentially natural causes. Yeah. We're usually talking about them because they've either either been you know they've been shot dead or they've been jailed. Yeah. For it's, life for something the they've been caught. And of course, no matter what happened to somebody's background, when you become an adult, you take you're responsible for your actions, even if that's an explanation for why people do what they do, like Paul Crosby. What they did, they're still responsible for it, and it does, it's not an excuse. Mm. It may be an explanation, but it's never an no, excuse. absolutely. Okay, Nile, thank you. Thank you, Nicola. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com, produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take the Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume the Sunday world if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume the Sunday world responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.